0: Close to 20 years ago, I saw our next guest at a presentation at the University of Alberta when I was the sports information director at uh, U of A for U of A Athletics. Um, He had written a book called Major League Losers. He ultimately ended up writing a book called Major League Winners. We're going to get him to explain the difference between the two. This is his second appearance in Orders Now, full disclosure. We had him on back around 2011, 2012, in around the time that uh, the Cates Group was uh, attempting to uh, work on a 3P deal, a private-public partnership, to facilitate the building of Roger's Place. I'd say it's worked out well. From the University of Michigan, where he is the professor of sports management and director of the Center for Sports Venues in Real Estate Development, we welcome back to the show, Ph.D. Mark Rosentrop. Mark, it's Bob Stauffer. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, and thank you for having me back. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So explain to the listeners, you had a book that was, uh, at the time, fairly controversial, Major League Losers, and then you ended up following it up, Major League Winners. In the academic world, I'm going to guess that some of the people that maybe have a little bit slightly left-of-center perspective didn't necessarily like your second book that much, or did they?
1: The the last chapter of Major League... Losers literally uh, identified what a city had to do so as not to get into a situation where they were just subsidizing sports. And I laid out a series of ideas surrounding real estate development that if a city established a set of goals tied to real estate, they could actually get a positive economic return on any investment they would make in a sports venue. That was the basic thesis. And then what major league winners did years later was to take a look at those cities that actually did real estate development and and got some significant positive returns. One of those cities that's not in the book, but it's a new version of the book that I'm writing right now, is Edmonton, because of, of the positive impacts that Rogers Place has had, not not for keeping the Oilers, it did that. That was an important goal. So let's just put that aside. They got, the Oilers were there. Uh, doing it required a, an investment. Now, could they? could the city make money? And the answer is yes, they did. And when you actually look at it, their rate of return in financial senses is is actually very, very robust. And so there is no loser. Now there are people who say, well, the city should do the investment in money. One can have that argument separately. My point is to say the world is the way the world is. And if you're dealing with one of the major sports leagues, you're going to have to make an investment. The question becomes, if you have to make the investment, can you make a return? And Edmonton did it.
0: You know, it's interesting because, you know, I've hosted this show on the station for the last 12 seasons. I've done the color for the team for 15 years. You can well imagine uh, what our text line was like as the, uh, at that time, Rexall Sports and the Cates Group was pursuing the arena deal. It wasn't always Edmonton is a, a city that's got a, uh, a strong um, public workforce. Not everybody agrees with supporting uh, a private entity uh, like uh, the Cates Group to get this deal done. They, they created something called a community revitalization levy. In theory, that was supposed to pay off the city's contribution via tax return. I'm simplifying here. Maybe you can go more into it. Over about a 35-year period, and they're going to exceed that multiple times. Are they not? Do you know? Yes. But it's more important
1: than the amount of taxes they generated. And this becomes what I mean by what made Edmonton uh, a major league winner, is that it changed the density of wealth. Now, that's a fancy terminology. And what do I mean by that? One of the issues that cities have is that a lot of people flee to the suburbs. Now, Edmonton is a very, very large central city, so it has a lot of suburban areas inside the city. But the city still wanted to have a densification, meaning more people, more economic activity, concentrated in the central downtown area. And one of the things we've able, we were able to do by literally looking at property valuation, parcel by parcel, over a 20 year period, that the areas near the arena have actually grown in value faster than the areas in the suburban sections of Edmonton. Meaning that we have this boy called densification of wealth. Money has moved from the suburban areas to the downtown area. That was the policy goal that Edmonton wanted. They wanted to keep the team. Obviously Rexall was obsolete, but they wanted to change the densification of wealth. They wanted to make downtown more than just a business center. It was going to be a residential center and they've achieved that and they've achieved that. And how do we know that? Because it's property values are going up, meaning people are willing to spend more money, to live downtown than they're willing to, than they're spending in the suburbs. So it was a public policy success story for Edmonton. They achieved their goal and they kept the Oilers and they'll pay
0: off the debt sooner than they anticipated. They didn't lose. It's really a really good investment. Yeah, it's a good investment. We're joined by Mark Rosentrop. He's a Ph.D. from the University of Michigan. Yes, that university, you know, the Wolverines. And I remember Bo Schambeckler when he was the AD, uh, talking one day of versification of uh, wealth. And, uh, you know, we all know what the Wolverines football program does and how much uh, for the school and how it actually helps parlay and support other sports. It was a very interesting conversation. When you wrote Major League Losers, wh- what term did you use for those early that were in the middle of uh, was it mu- moon landing? I forget the exact term, but yeah, spaceships in in,
1: in a ocean of asphalt. <laughs> I'm surprised that you remember that. But yeah. yes, I did describe a lot of a, a lot of uh, major league losers were were essentially building the spaceships in the middle of asphalt oceans which generate no economic development. And obviously, when we think about, and everybody can relate to the fact, that um, Roger's Place is the antithesis. I mean, one of the things that we did, uh, and I was very fortunate to help the city through some of these things, um, was to get the arena designed in such a way that it was going to be really quite breathtaking. It wasn't going to be a spaceship. It was going to be an odd uh, uh architectural style some people t- saw it and they, they really didn't like it but it, it created an architectural diversity in downtown edmonton It was really notable i mean the city just looks so much different than it did uh for those who can remember back when i first w- w- was lucky enough to uh, come to the university of alberta the city looked one way downtown it looks a lot different today
0: you know what's crazy uh dr rosentraub is that we survived a pandemic while this went on like there was growth and they're ahead of the uh return rate right and exactly. and it, th- this has occurred while we've gone through a worldwide pandemic. I mean, when you factor that in, it almost it makes it even more unbelievable that the CRL is that far ahead of the pace that it was expected uh, to be paid off. It.
1: And, and of course, as, as I'm sure some of your listeners know, uh, most of us in Ann Arbor are Edmonton Oilers fans because of the fact that you guys traded and got Zach. Zach, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: exactly one of our your favorite sons. So um, it just increased it, but you know what people? And there were some books done that really criticized the deal in Edmonton. Uh, as a, first of all, they didn't look at what the, the city tried to achieve, and they're not willing to take a step back and look at the architectural changes that have happened in downtown Edmonton. And, 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 and in, a, in, a, in a curious way even some of the things that Calgary is now doing is in response to what Edmonton achieved and proved that it could be done. Including a, a, a very imaginative architectural style. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not the new facility for the flames can match the kind of architectural achievements. The linkage between the facility and the LRT. Everything that People try to do about making cities more livable. Edmonton really did achieve it. Uh,
0: and it's not done yet, right? There's still okay. work work to be done, but I remember there was nothing there except the train tracks and the casino before the process got it started for the Downtown Entertainment Arena District, now known as Ice District. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Calgary... Um, the provincial government here, I'm sure you're probably aware, they've pledged north of $300 million to support the Flames in building a new arena, and they're going to try to mirror what Edmonton did. And Daniel Smith, the premier, has stated, and she's now premier, uh, that they'll find a way... Uh, to work something out with them because the orders didn't get a lot of provincial support at that time it was mostly the municipality um it's going to make for intriguing opportunities i would think for ice district would you not if there is an opportunity for provincial uh money to go into uh, additionally support what's being built around rogers place in the downtown entertainment and arena district
1: every city in north america
0: is challenged to
1: sustain the vitality of downtown and inner city neighborhoods. We could have this exact same conversation across the entire breadth of the country. And if you want to come down to the United States, we can have this conversation in every city also. This is the same issue that Ottawa is driving to get the Breton flats developed with the arena there. Toronto has the benefit of its downtown, but take Toronto out of the conversation, every city is challenged and it's a work in progress. And so if the province can provide some assistance, it will make the task of making downtown Edmonton and inner neighborhoods better, because you can build the kind of infrastructure that continues to attract people. But you're exactly right. It's a work in progress, but it's not gonna end, it goes on. Because the, the forces that drive our economy tend to go through decentralization.
0: Yeah, what do you what do you say? Like, I haven't worked at the university since two thousand eight. So, I, like I said, I mean, you're fifteen doing color on the Oilers uh, hosted this version of a show for fourteen years for the Oilers, um, but I sense that campuses are very different. I know for a fact, because I still have lots of friends that work at the U of A. Uh, they're very different now than they used to be. And I'd say there's probably been a little bit of a philosophical, well, not a little bit, a fair amount of philosophical shift to the left. I mean, you're talking business, but you're talking a, a way in which business can be done to benefit all. Does it get met with some apprehension for maybe um, some some professors and doctors that maybe have a little bit different philosophical approach than you do at the level of academia?
1: The, the, great, the great thing about all universities is that we have a diversity of opinions. And that's what serves our students uh, the best. They can hear different perspectives and then figure out their own. And what we always try to underscore is a focus on data. And when we published our, our report, which was published in an academic journal, when we studied property values at the parcel level over 20 years in Edmonton, there's a significant amount of data and you simply can't ignore it. Now you could disagree that you don't think we should uh, subsidize or make any investment in professional sports. As I said, that's a whole other conversation, but you can't ignore the data of what Edmonton achieved. And you can't ignore the fact that the city council, back, back in these, those days that the plan w- was being developed, it was the city council that wanted to revitalize downtown. And that, that their whole objective of wanting to do that, and now having achieved that, you gotta sit back and say, you know what? Those people weren't crazy. They got the deal done. And they got the deal done with a financial return on their investment that achieved two objectives. One is they're going to pay off the debt sooner. And I can actually show them dollars and cents, how much their rate of return was. They made money. It was a successful investment. And architecturally, the city looks a lot better. So there's no downside here. On that point, you can't ignore the data.
0: Wolverine's going to be any good this year in football?
1: We're going to be very good in football. We were very good in hockey. We made it to the Final Four. We'll send you some more players. But Zach Hyman is one of our favorite sons.
0: Uh, so, he, uh, he's, an, he's, he's an incredible guy. The energy level that he brings, like you will not be a better guy on a day-to-day basis. And he's written several children's books. While he's
1: also been a very successful hockey player. So we, we at Michigan have a great deal of pride
0: in Zach. Dr. Rosentraub, thank you for joining us here on Oilers Now. My pleasure. Have a good day. That is Dr. Mark Rosentraub. He's written both Major League Losers and Major League Winners. He's writing an amendment to Major League Winners in which he will include Edmonton. Uh, interesting perspective. Brendan, uh, I remember his presentation a number of years ago. Towards the tail end of it, he talked about that. Here's how it needs to be done. It needs to be centralized downtown in cities instead of, uh, you know, the flying saucer pads like the one in Long Island. Okay. The arena, to me, that was the best example where the Islanders used to play. And that'll and it great sightlines for the broadcasters, but in the middle of nowhere. An arena surrounded by a huge parking lot and then a crummy hotel that was about 150 to 200 yards away from the arena. That was it. That's all that was there in Long Island for all those years. And
2: we know that that's exactly what Canada is and, oh, and what yeah, Senators yeah. are dealing with right now. Yeah. And my first NFL game was at uh, uh, I don't even know what they call it. State Farm Arena down in Phoenix and that's the same bloody thing. Oh, oh, Glendale. Glendale. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just you're in a, a parking lot so big you can't believe it. And then there's the arena which is also so big you can't believe it. And that's kind of it. Yeah. So there you have it. that's uh, what good, is for <laughs> good
0: get, getting Dr. Mark Rosentraub on the show haven't had him on for a number of years 151 in Edmonton, we'll wrap up the show when we return with a significant uh, great memory in Oilers history it's so 152 in Edmonton well, uh, Dr. Rosentraub controversial guest I can see see which people uh, Yeah, it's, it's just interesting knows this stuff, that's all I'm going to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there were lots of positive texts as well coming in on the Ashley Pine Flores text line. Uh, Dr. Mark Rosentraub from the University of Michigan was our Oilers Now headliner. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Get their new boneless wings, 8 for $13.95, 16 for $25.95. Visit royalpizza.ca. We're going to go to Listian Oilers History for New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. I was there. We were in Carolina. It was Game 5. Here's Brendan. 2006, after opening the scoring 16 seconds
2: into the game, Fernando Pisani scores shorthanded in overtime as the Oilers beat the Hurricanes 4-3. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. That cut the uh, Hurricanes series lead to three games to two, heading back to Edmonton for Game 6. UC Market and stopping 21 of 24 shots in this one. Alish Hemsky, a goal and a helper.
0: There were some neutral writers that were livid the Oilers had scored in overtime because at that time, a lot of the papers sent their writers out uh, to cover the Stanley Cup finals from all around the league. They don't do that anymore. And uh, they all wanted the series over because they didn't want to come back to Edmonton for game number six. And there might have been some Edmonton... uh, uh, Individuals that were, you know, silently doing fist pumps after uh, Pisani's goal. Uh, But I remember that was quite uh, comical. Hey, I want to mention to you uh, tomorrow. You know, Brendan, there's nothing I hate more than getting radioed on our own show. And there's this guy that consistently does it. He misquotes me all the time. It's very frustrating. When we talked about Itesh, uh, from uh, Marat Atesh from The Athletic yesterday, we talked about the context of potential RFA offer sheets and that he had written a piece and saying, you know, you could foresee a scenario. In which uh, both Evan Bouchard and Ryan McLeod might be guys that would get targeted for RFA offer sheets. That's how we explain it. And this individual went on and said Stoffer was on his show saying those guys are going to get offer sheeted. It's unbelievable. Like, anyways, Murat's going to be on our show tomorrow. So too will Cam Moon and John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for your. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins, what's he got?
2: Uh, former NHL goaltender Marty Biron, Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary, and Edmonton Elks offensive lineman Mark
0: Cordy. Okay, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, uh, noon to two, and Oilers now have a tr- uh, wonderful Wednesday. Everybody up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from two to three, and then Chelsea on 10 with Chelsea Bird. So long, everybody, from Oilers now.